0: to the Longshot Podcast, I am Davis Reed. I am once again doing this intro solo, without Duncan, and it's an opportunity for me to say, "Hi, guys! What's going on?" Now, maybe this isn't isn't the place for that. I'll quickly let, let's get to uh, Grant Williams. This was also recorded in Summer League. Uh, this was a late night one. Recorded at like eight thirty. Grant had spent like five hours at an MBPA meeting. Uh, he showed up with two glasses of wine in hand, one red, one white. I believe he said it was poured by C.J. McCullum at dinner. C.J. knows his wine, so it must have been good wine. It must have been expensive wine, wine that I don't taste that often. Uh, and so when he walked in on that energy, it was pretty clear right off the bat that it was going to be a good conversation, and it was. We talk the energy shift in Boston midway through the year, how they just got rolling, their run to the finals, Uh, the series against the heat we talk running into the warriors in the finals and their championship pedigree and grant talks openly about how that hurt the celtics how they just lacked some of that experience and maturity but he also talks a little spicy in this one just a fair warning we loved it but he's kind of talking his shit he talks about some trash talk with draymond how the celtics felt internally in the locker room i don't want to give spoilers away but Maybe it was the wine. Maybe he's just uber confident. I think it's probably the latter. I think the Celtics, there's just some confidence in that Boston locker room. They feel pretty good. Um, So it's a really good one. I hope you guys enjoy it. Before we get to it, let me just quickly take this opportunity because Duncan's away and he would hate if I did this. Guys, will you please subscribe to the YouTube channel if you haven't already? We're hovering like seventy to 75,000 subscribers right now. And I really would like to get to hundred K. I, I don't want to be a materialistic guy. I don't want to get caught up in the numbers. It's not about that. I know it's about building the community. It's about doing things the right way. And, and that's all true. That's all fine. But I'd be lying if I told you I didn't want to get to that hundred K. There's just something about that round number that really it's, it's pretty exciting. So if you haven't, please do. We've got some exciting stuff in the works, some content we're looking at doing outside of the pod. You know we've done some of that stuff before. Duncan reacting to the, uh, his would up. We did the summer league video last summer. We want to we want to do more of that stuff. So exciting stuff going on over there. Please subscribe if you haven't already. Here is Grant Williams. Great moments are born from great opportunity. So you're telling me there's a chance. Average Joe wins totally. in a shocking upset. I feel
1: shocked. You suck compared to me.
2: You guys are two prep school white guys podcast. We are
1: underdogs. They stay ready, so you don't have to get ready. I haven't even told anybody this. This is kind of crazy.
2: (laughs) All right, welcome back to the Long Shot Podcast. Uh, We got a great guest with us. You say that every every I do, but this is truly a great guest, uh, and it's none other than Grant Williams. Grant, hey. welcome to the long Woo.
1: shot, man. Thanks for having me Woo. on. I was about to say, I feel like we're a bunch of shooters up here, you know? A
2: 100%. Actually, we, we want to talk to you about that. Thanks for looping me. Um, on that. Before we time. get to that, though, yeah, I've been talking a lot about how I've recruited the guests this week since I've been doing a lot of episodes uh, here in Vegas, And I basically just go up to people that I know and say, hey, you want to come on the podcast? And I got to say, man, you, you were very receptive. A lot of people are a little you know gamey they're a little cat and mouse oh yeah i'll do it maybe like hit up my guy blah blah, blah. you were just like yeah man let me know like hit me up and See, yeah. i feel like it's an honor for me to be on here. oh you Ooh. don't have to do that dude i was
1: waiting you know first year from here in Vegas. <laughs> i was like oh it's first game started i'm trying to be on the long shot. <laughs> oh man <laughs> I know, i'm right. just
0: happy to be a B, 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 it came rolling in with inviting, a white you
2: know? and a red. I was saying, now you're big time man we're just crushing two different types of vino we're just having a good time you're, you're the vp of the players association on now
1: I was waiting for y'all to pour your own gla- glass. But I was waiting for us to join.
2: Do we have any? Do we have any vino back there? Can we get some vino? No vino. All right. Uh, never mind. No vino. Uh, what are we? What are we sipping on? Just out of curiosity. I'm Not gonna lie to you.
1: CJ ordered it. Um, and I I just say
2: I'm a, I'm a level one sommelier, so I, I figured I could probably pick up some notes if
1: if yeah. you let me just smell it. it smells floral. Nah, i don't, I'm just, I don't want to smell. I was about to say uh, also
2: not it. a sommelier. Um, how's your time been in Vegas, man? I know you're super busy, but
1: yeah, that's the number one thing. I feel like it's really busy, but. You know, a lot of great connections, being a lot of great people and just being able to just enjoy the time uh, as much as anything. I had my first Eagle in golf today. Oh, so unbelievable. I are pretty cool you about that. Break Wait, down the hole. Yeah, give me the hole. Yeah, yeah. The shot par by five, shot. Par five. How many first, yards? Uh, about 500, 500 oh, yards. Wow. First shot. I driver taught, off the tee? Driver off the tee. Okay. Dude, let him tell the story. I mean, I he was
2: going to miss out important details. Right, so, absolutely, you know. 500
1: yards off the tee. There's a a tree, tree line. I said, if I can get it between these two trees, I'd be set up great for my second shot or I could lay it up. So I was like, you know what? Go for it.
2: Layups are for basketball.
1: Layups for basketball, right? <laughs> there you go. So I split it between the two trees. I thought it was gone. So the person said, take a drop, everything else. Next thing you know, we drive the cart. We get up there, his ball, and i look up further. I'm like, wait, what's that? And he's like, that's your ball. And I was like, okay. So I walk up to it. I'm literally like a hundred and it was like a hundred and eighty. From from the right, so you're
2: 320 off the tee. That's good math. Uh, that's, that's high level math. That's yeah,
1: Michigan, math right, that's Michigan uh, math right there. That's Michigan. 320 off the tee. That's a long way. It was. And then I picked up and I hit my next shot back of the green, hit a tree, fell off a ridge, stopped, landed on the fringe. Grant, you All gotta right. leave that part out. I yeah. sailed it. No, I just sailed it. I really thought I had it like 80%. Next what year was the, what was the club selection on the second shot? Um, it was a 190. So I think I used my. I was supposed to use my seven but i think i used my six. Oh,
0: so you're hitting a seven six. iron
1: 190. Yeah. he's I got a, big a little guy. torque man oh I got my got god a little, got a little strength behind me <laughs> knows how to leverage those hips oh my goodness <laughs> know it next thing you know i am look at him like wow i'm on the fringe 20 something feet from the hole and next thing you know he's like all right i said do i chip this on like do i like what do i do i was like no i'm just gonna put it put it out so i putted it out trusted it went down the ridge played it with great pace and Eagled it in, and I, just, I screamed bang like I was Mike Breen. Was it uh <laughs> Was
2: it like a, a putt that if you didn't hit the hole, it would have like went? Oh yeah, it like was downhill ten feet. So it's one of
1: the things where I had to put it play. I played it slow, right? Let it play down the hill, and just it went left to right at first, and then came right back right to left. A little double went breaker, right, double breaker. Let it ride right in the hole. How long have you been playing golf? Honestly, since the bubble. So Probably um, it I think a lot of
2: people picked it up. That's when I like really started to get back into it and play a lot more.
1: Hey, we got out there! We yeah, 100%. back in Boston,
0: back up in New England. Yeah, absolutely. how much? Uh, how much time are you taking away from basketball? Because you played deep into the. You guys play until what? Mid in early Two June. Mid June. Ago. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Crazy to think about, but they told us to not touch a basketball for at least three or four weeks. So wow, I actually went when I went back to the facility this past week was the first time I touched the ball. And so I've just been working out, lifting more recently, but I want to get back onto the court. It's been too long, so. And a guy like me, I gain weight easily, so gotta get back out there and run.
2: Um, so I'm, I'm from the Boston area. You now call Boston your home. I'm curious, do you have any favorite spots, food spots? I actually, I've heard rumors that you're actually a little bit of a foodie, um, that you're out in the mix like doing reviews of places and shit. Uh, do you have any
1: favorite spots and are you willing to share? I am a foodie for sure. Okay. Um, I'm a type of person that like, I like recommendations more than anything. And I try to go to like, in Different locations. Try to Michelin star, see what they're talking about. Mm. Um, a little tasting menu little action. little tasting menu action. You know, right. Let's try to see what it's like. All right. But in Boston... Big money. He's got an extension hey coming up. Now. He's big You know, he's big money. He's yeah. tasting we're menus. We're getting there. Like I said, <laughs> starting a couple of weeks. so hope, hopefully, Brad gives me a call. But um, in Boston, the Italian north end has really been yeah, my thing. I stick to stay around there. Um, I've been kind of... I actually follow a Instagram page where they just post food content. And it's all in the greater mass area. So I've literally been trying... Different spots, just kind of exploring. There's a nice Jamaican restaurant in um, Dorchester that I've been to. There's a nice like it's every everything Italian. Whether it's Strago, whether it's yeah. uh, Ricardis, whether it's Arya, all those in North End are amazing. Um, in regards to sushi, I've gone to Zuma. I've gone to um, what's the name of it that's in uh, Back Bay? Oh. Burger King. You, mean, you know what I'm talking about? Burger King, I think. <laughs> <laughs> sushi in the back bay. <laughs> sushi in the back bay. Oh, uh, back bay sushi. I mean Zuma. So, so Zuma is That's in the comments. That's that's in um That is in the four seasons. Yeah, in the, but, the comments. So then the back the one I'm thinking of is by the train station. And right, it's Boston. right beside it. It's literally beside across All the right, street. Alright, well shout from out shout out to that.
2: Place. <laughs> um I love the city of Boston. I, I don't I don't hide that. At all, it's true, Um, and I think it's a very underrated food city as well. There are a lot of great options. Um, Let's talk a little bit of basketball, as much as I enjoy talking golf and food.
1: Actually, before that, what's your handicap in golf? Now it's in the twenty. Like I'm getting breaking twenty more recently. Okay, I still not. I'm not a max handicap anymore. Okay, uh, which is nice. But uh, the only reason I'm that high is because say I, I triple bogey the first two holes. Right. It's like the start of it. But when I get bet, like my next step in my short game. And I really could excel because I had a chance for multiple birdies today. And I just either two putt, three putt, it was bad. But. Yeah, so you got to do what I do, and, and some people say it's cheating, but I just don't take
2: anything worse than a double vote. <laughs>
1: uh, yeah, I, was I about just to say. don't take it. No, <laughs> it's I. A great
2: score. I feel like I've, I've, a, my game is at the point where if I start taking triples on my scorecard. My handicap is gonna inflate and don't it's gonna it. be like.
0: What are you talking about, dude? You write the score down. <laughs> no, I get. disagree.
1: I don't. <laughs> I don't take anything past a double. I just don't do it. So if you have a double and the ball is like on the in the sand, you're like, all right, I'm
2: picking. Uh, I up. take a double. <laughs> Occasionally, I'm if I'm like if I'm like in my pocket,
0: like I'm not finishing a hole, I'll take a triple. But like that's the only time. It's like if you're at the line and you miss the first one, you're like, nah. Second one's good. Second one, second one would go in. You might as well just count it. You know? Yeah, 100. What? what are we talking about?
2: Um, I want to talk on the court the improvements that you made this year did you like we we talk a lot about how situation is everything how much of it is you actually improved your game because I think you did how much of it is that versus how much of it do you feel was you just had a real opportunity to step into a role that the team really needed you to
1: fill and and you did it to a high level yeah, i would say it's about 70 30. you know um the improvement side of things is 70. yeah i feel like not only the the amount of effort i put into like making shots this summer as well as the defensive intensity I've, I've grown with throughout my first two three years in the league that just allowed me to fill a role that was needed and the opportunity arose you know um when i was playing with under, under brad it was more so like i had to be a tweener for the five my first season then the next season we had a lot of big surplus, and they're all vets, and we weren't that great, so there was not much like need for me to be out there. I would say, and we had a great conversation about it after the season, like we just weren't w- well equipped team-wise to play me. So next, you know, when EBay comes in, I called him. And I said, "What do you need from me from the day one?" And he told me exactly what he needed. He needed me to shoot, open, knock down open threes. Needed me to defend best players on other teams, and he needed me to be be who I am, dog. Be the leader of be a leader of the team, and that's. Right when I stepped into training camp, that's how it was. And if you ask anybody from the Celtics last season, uh, when we walked into training camp, it was between me and Al Horford, who were the best two players. And I look back at it, and I'm like, huh, like that's something that I feel like i got to do every single season. Because, like you know, unlike um, the guys who are, quote, the star guys, their guys, their role is secure, you know, yeah. versus me every single season. Now we added Gallo, we added Malcolm, you know. We have guys that are even more talented. Now it's, you have to do the same thing again yeah. and show your – versatility and show your impact to a team that even though they are acknowledge it, you still have to compete at a high level.
2: Yeah. hundred percent. I, I want to ask one thing kind of like specific X's and O's because throughout, I guess throughout a lot of your career, at least to our organization, you were known as somebody defensively who could really be difficult because of your ability to push up switches, be really physical at the point of the screen with the switch and then switch and then guard the ball when you played us this year, there was a lot of times that you were like back and not up at the point of the screen. And you were like almost kind of in like a a pseudo drop where you would kind of stab at the ball and get back to yours. I'm curious what, like, because for me when I was watching, I was like always very surprised by that, but obviously it proved to be effective. Mm -hmm. What was like, and I don't need you to give away like too crazy of secrets, but like what like
1: schematically was like kind of the philosophy? Yeah, honestly, some of it wasn't even scheme. Um, remember my rookie year when we played in the playoffs. Um, what I learned about you guys' team is how physical you guys are fighting that screen. So yeah. like some teams, where you're staring the screen and you're being physical with them, they allow you to push them. They it allows you to switch. Versus what Bam does and what what Dwayne does, they stop short. Yeah. They flip the screen. There's all those things that you can't really take like take advantage of as a defender. So you kind of have to play as a pseudo like like if it set it, I'll switch it. But if they don't, then or if they get out of it quick, I might just bluff at the ball, bluff at the it ball, the and bluff. get back to them. Get, because to it, get the
2: guy on the ball back in front. Those
1: guys are so much of a threat at the rim, you know, like you don't want to give up a lob. Right. Because then if you do, then it causes your defense to sink in, and then you're, you're getting an open three. Tyler gets, gets an open three. And that's where you guys beat teams is where you guys are making making shots. So as much as we can make y'all play, hopefully, in the half court in isolation versus, like, all the motion cutting and stuff like yeah. that, that was, that was the biggest thing. And I remember I used to tell – Guys, like unless I tell you, I'm switching, or unless I'm because tell- I'm we my matchup was bam. I'm not I'm, you play and get through, right. and that's what I told him my rookie season. If you go back and watch the clips of that, when um, we played you on the bubble, like our coverage was a certain coverage. Yeah. But I was like, they get mad at me sometimes for doing it, but I make up things sometimes. Right. So it's like they're like, all right, like we like that. So be that with bam. like you guys are probably the only team I do that with, you know, yeah. outside of any other team. I'm gonna
2: I'm gonna pump your tires a little bit. That first year, your rookie year, and, and obviously you've grown so much as a player since then, confidence-wise, skill-wise, everything. But we would have uh, entire segments of film sessions dedicated to figuring out how we could score in ball screens that you were defending. I just wow. thought you would like to know that. I appreciate uh, that. Without without disclosing too much, I don't think that disclosed anything. Makes you feel cool really. because no, slow. but it was like it was it was it was crazy, and we were actually like having conversations of it's like we really have to sk- scheme around grant because he's so disruptive with his switches and and you know we're not creating any advantages right. and you know in the nba if you're not able to create advantage with an action then you get flattened out and you play isolation and basketball. that's what everyone wants you to do um, so anyways i just felt like you know you would you would want to hear
1: that i would love i actually loved hearing that that should right. make me feel pretty cool about myself if coach Spo was talking about me in the meeting Normally yeah. i think that's jt jb all those yeah. other guys but if Spo was talking about me hey you're don't doing something right.
0: right. This is uh this is when you turn around and go, Yeah, Duncan, actually, we schemed against you. No, listen, I, listen, I, don't listen, that. Listen, listen. I don't want to. Listen, listen, listen. All I gotta say is this that, that This man <laughs> that's killed me
1: in a playoff my rookie season. Like it was to the point where we were just concerned about like livelihood. Because this man, like, that's I don't want we don't need to do this. And no, then no, the next thing you know, it's like whenever he came on the court, you're like, don't leave him. That's so frustrating because like there's not many guys in the league where it's like. All right, like you can't help off them at all. Like, you know? Yeah. Because he jumps so high on his shot and next to you, you know <laughs> That's not where I thought you were going I mean, I appreciate that. That's what I'm saying. He's an uh, athlete. He's yeah. an athlete. Like he's just like raw, he's Six, what are you, six, five, six, six. Yeah, I'm six nine six eight, but that's all right. Six eight? Six seven, six eight. I'm yeah, definitely taller I, than you. I did not think that. I thought this whole time we were the same height. I'm definitely taller than you. Ooh. Now you make me feel uh, even shorter. I, I mean you're
2: significantly back. stronger and more built and more athletic. Anyways, uh I want to talk about the finals. Unless do you have something? We'll get to it later. All right. I want to talk about the finals. What type of trash talking was taking place? And can you <laughs> can you shine just a tiny little light on?
1: How, maybe some of the things that transpired. How PG do I have to be on the spot? It's, it's absolutely zero. Podcast. You can curse all right. All shit right shit. But, so yeah. <laughs> from the beginning, like I would say that I'm not the most trash talk guy. Like As you know, I'm like... Some guys on your team are, though. Some guys on the team are, but yeah. like and obviously I'm the type the guys where like... The other wait, team are.
0: As someone who's outside of the this world, can you elaborate who on your team are like the guys who are firing back the guys who fire back
1: it depends on the matchups i feel like smarts talking no matter what okay um rob doesn't talk jt doesn't really talk but his antics are a thing mm. uh jb talks when he he's feeling himself
2: he'll like talk under his breath They're, like he'll he'll
1: doing. say like light stuff and like, or if a guy like goes out him. i remember we played the Suns, and d book was talking trash and jb's just every time he scored he would be screaming like he'd be yelling at this man so like for me it's like i only talk when either somebody goes at somebody else so i'll step in the mix yeah. or it's like from the beginning i'm trying to set a tone so like in that Warriors series my whole thing was you're not about to change or impact the game in a certain way so like dre was chilling most of the series in terms of like how vocal he was but like for me it was like let's get to it like let's compete and I remember that first game we were going so much back and forth back and forth back and forth, like the bozo like he like his yeah. thing was he always says bozo, or he screams a bitch, like bitch like all that stuff his that's his thing mm-hmm. versus me, I'm always like trying to like do the annoying shit like I'm saying like i got I've written I got facts about this man from like Google and stuff like <laughs> oh, my ain't you supposed God. to be from saginaw like how are <laughs> you gonna be complaining about this bullshit ass call you know like right, right. I, like I remember somebody told me a story about how uh he he got. Into into an altercation when he was younger and he uh, was knocked out. Oh, uh, and I remember so I brought research. I literally was doing research. And like I was received. dialed in trying to like just like bring the throw people, throw him off. And then that's the first time I've ever had Dre like not say something back to me. And I was like, yeah, yeah, you felt I, got like you got one. I got one that you time because most times they only show his trash talk. So I'm just like, I'm over here like, dang, nobody here hears what I'm saying. Like, I be saying some cool stuff, but. <laughs> Like, next thing you know, like, I remember uh, every single possession. him, like, make a shot. Like, I, yeah. he said, you trying to be like me. I said, I'm a, How am I trying to be like you if I'm better than you already? Mm-hmm. Like, I remember I, like I said that, that to him. So I was just going, we were just going back and forth. But, like, that's all love, because, like, that's a guy I modeled my game and, like, right. like, I idolized. So, like, at the end of it, like, as much as we were going back and forth on the court, like,
0: it's all love at the end of the day. Yeah. As the married one in the Long Shot Pod duo, let me just take a brief moment to talk about Indochino because I've done it before, but it's worth mentioning again. On my wedding day last summer, Indochino could not have come through more clutch. You know, planning a wedding can be very stressful. My wife took on 90, maybe 95% of the planning, but the five to ten percent that was left with me stressed me out. I'm just gonna be honest. She left me with the big stuff, the DJ, the food, and you know, what I was gonna wear, what my groomsmen were gonna wear which, you know, was an exciting process to plan, but it can be pretty stressful. But with Indochino, they made the process as smooth as possible. My guys looked unbelievable. I'd like to think I looked pretty good too. And we all got to make custom suits from scratch. We got to create everything. I'm talking like lapel, buttons, pockets, uh, of course, color, and undershirt, I mean, everything. We got to build it from scratch. We got to look exactly how we wanted. And it was all custom fit to perfection what more can you ask for? At Indochino, every suit is made to your exact measurements. You can customize every single detail just like we did. And here's the thing. The best part is that the Indochino suits only start at $429. Undershirts start at $79. It's affordable. It's custom fit. And let me tell you, it's pretty sexy. If you've got a big day coming up, getting the perfect look is no big deal with Indochino. Get $50 off any purchase of $399 or more by using promo code LS at Indochino.com. That's $50 off a purchase of $399 or more at I-N-D-O-C-H-I-N-O.com, promo code LS.
2: You say, first of all, you said, how am I supposed to be like you when I'm better than you? I did. Well, I will say uh, something you, you've done that Draymond has not done is you've taken 18 threes in a game. Hey. Which I was watching. I don't think you've done it. I, he has. It, one time this year. I think it was 17, no? Uh, let me... I'll get it. Yeah, I'm about to say, I've that's gotten a gotten fact check there. right
1: there. I don't know if you've done 18.
2: Uh, I was watching that game. Obviously, it was game seven. We were playing the, the winner um, with a lot of intent. And, man, that was an incredible... I mean, you were... Because I think you went like... You miss your first, like, three or four. Yeah, so
1: I went one for four, and one I didn't one. shoot the next one. And, and I
2: remember you, like, kind of got one on a swing-swing or a kick-out because Brooke was just in the paint. Yeah. And you caught it, and you, like, looked it off and passed, and I'm like, nah, he's got to shoot that if they're going to win.
1: Oh, you should have heard with J- JB and JT when I came to the miss. Shoot the fucking basketball. Right. You, this is what you fucking do? Like, all this stuff. And I, I I'm love like, that. That's awesome. And I'm like, like – I'm not a person that I don't want to take 20 shots in the game or something like that I've been that way my entire life. Like, I've always been a person that like likes career for others Likes to you know, like I like winning basketball in a sense and for me I never knew that as winning basketball. So next thing, you know, they're like nah, every time you get it You shoot it and I was like, all right, you don't have to tell me twice so that next right. next couple possessions even at the start of half the second half I don't know if I started or if I came in early but Next thing you know, I caught the ball immediately. The first shot I took was over Brooke. He was closing, he was flying out at me contesting, and I shot it immediately and made it. And that just changed the whole dynamic of the game where I felt confident in that every shot I had was going to go in. So 100%. I remember looking back, and if you asked me, I was still mad after the game because if you told me I shot 18 threes in a game and I only made seven of them, <laughs> I was I was so mad, I was like, bro, I only made seven of threes? I would at seven. least give myself nine to ten.
2: Seven in a game seven, though, bro. Yeah, that's big time. That's big time. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's why to...
1: they they humbled me a little bit afterwards. They're like, "Do you realize like you shot more threes than anyone in playoff history?" And I was like, "Is that true?" Like in a game, especially in a game seven, a game like Steph had the it. Steph had the um at sixteen previous record. 16. Previous record of sixteen. Yeah. I shot eighteen. I would say this: two of them were forced. Like, so I always I always he say checks. I always shot seven yeah, for sixteen, yeah. but like. That's crazy. Like, 18 threes in a game? Like, I've never shot 18 threes. Jeez, I don't know. if I think I shot 29 threes in my junior year of college. Like You know <laughs> what I mean? Like really? I don't think I shot that many threes in a long time.
0: Man. Well, I'll make you feel a little bit better. Duncan, uh, most attempts in a game is 17, and he was 5 for 17. So. Yikes. Hey, that makes me feel good it's about one the myself. Best that a, of us, one of the best shooters ever. These of us are one
1: of the best shooters. 7
0: was, for 18. Was that? It was, was against Boston.
2: Oh, yeah. That was this year. Yeah. That was this oh, year? Yeah, that was bad yeah i was uh in in miami when you guys it was earlier in the season you guys kind of mm. got gotcha. you um, that was i think i made like my i was three for three to start <laughs> and then i went two of i mean you did the math oh <laughs> yeah i remember because we came to the we came
1: to the bench because the whole the whole routine of that game was do not let him get hot because when him and tyler score they win mm. so it was like when you shot three for three i remember i i start i I'm, I'm coming off the bench chain gang. I remember coming off the bench, and I cursed the starters out. I was like, what the? We just talked about this. Sh- like, Man. he should not be getting these shots off. And they came out on some, like, OD, like, he's not getting another shot. But you were still shooting them. I was like, hey.
2: Yeah, I was chucking. <laughs> uh, I mean, 17
0: of them. You you would know. that. that That's a lot of shots. Once up. you get it up, For like, three.
1: 15, 16, 17, you're,
2: you're like, wow, I've really shot a lot
0: today. <laughs> is like a workout I do, routine. I want to dive into that, like, psychology a little bit more. Because, like you said, you go from – like, you, you get them up, Dunk. Like, you have multiple games where you're shooting 10 to 15. Yeah. But you, you're you not in that range at all. All. So, for you, when it's clearly the other team's strategy to let you get these looks off, and you you miss your first, what was it, three or four shots or whatever it is, to have the mental fortitude to keep firing them up, like, do you have points where you're like, this feels wrong. I should stop taking these shots.
1: Absolutely. Like, when I missed three in a row, I was like, I might as well just get it to the next guy. You know, it was one of those things where, like, 'Cause normally I shoot like four maybe five max five threes in a game. So like the fact that I shot more than that, even then, I was just like, it's the first quarter and I got five attempts. You know what I mean? Like you feel selfish. It felt selfish, it felt like I like I'm like taking shots from guys, but then you look go back and look at the film, you're like, Wow, it's an open shot. Like if you told me I had open shots like that, you're gonna shoot it no matter if you shot it four times or twenty times. So like it definitely hit me, like, especially at halftime, because they, like, email came up to me it was like, you got to shoot the ball. you got to shoot it with confidence. And, like, everybody just kept saying that because, like, for me, it's like I shoot it with confidence. I'm a guy that, like, I like playing and stuff like that. But I've always been, like, defensive-minded, but also, like, playmaking side of things and less so scoring. So, like, just the fact that I looked up and I was like, I have 27 in an NBA game. Like, <laughs> I would have never told – if you asked in me game that. Game seven. Game, of game the... seven of NBA yes. games. Eastern, Eastern Conference semifinal. Yes. Like, the biggest stage. It's, I, mean, I remember watching the Kelly Olenek game before that game, too, which was crazy. I was like, that's actually like some weird like, yeah, yeah. Like, life sh- like shit that happened. Yeah. Like, I don't know why, but Kelly Olenek's Game 7 performance, yep. I literally watched an hour before that game.
0: You channeled it. I love it.
1: Channel Kelly. I guess. Um,
2: you make a good point, too, in that like, I feel like particularly, as, especially when you get in the playoffs when it's so hard to score, if you don't take the shots that are a function of a good offense— then you're basically shooting yourself in the foot and even if you have little stretches where they don't go in or whatever ultimately like you just have to take those shots because if you pass them up they're going to lead to worse shots and turnovers ultimately yeah um so the fact that you have guys like like jt like jb that are in your ear to like be aggressive still shoot a coach like ime who's you know getting on you at halftime shoot be more aggressive i, mean, I got to imagine that that's a luxury in terms of just Mental, like being able to have a little bit more clarity, or over, like this is what I got to do.
1: Oh yeah, that confidence was was through the roof that game. Like I haven't felt that offensively confidence I got was in college. You know, because like when you get to the league, unless you're actually roll, you're not doing that often. Right. So like the fact that out there was just like if your if your shot is there, you take it. They didn't care if it was contested or not. They just said like shoot it. And next thing you know, I was, I took like two or three where I was like, hmm, probably shouldn't have taken that one. But like most of them, like I was shooting aggressive. Like I shot one in transition. Like normally I don't do like yeah. stuff that you just made you like, and I was celebrating, like I yeah, you me normally up. if I hit a three, popping after, I just run a yeah. run down the court through like a three or something like that. Yeah. I'm over here doing the JT celebration, kissing and blowing <laughs> to the crowd. I'm over here like dancing. Like it was, I was like, yeah, I was having fun that game. And then at the end of it, I remember Bobby tried to dunk on me and I blocked it. Yeah. And I just got so hyped because it was just like one of those things where you think back to your, when you were a kid, you know, yeah, like living that's in those a moments.
2: fun moment. Yeah, for sure. Um, I want to talk about the energy shift because it's been documented Documented. Uh, by so Oof. many. I mean, the, the Jalen Brown, the energy is about to shift. Obviously the timing of that tweet is impeccable in that it actually, like something clearly did change and you guys will go on this incredible run. Was there something that actually transpired in terms of like a team meeting or something? Or was it just, he was just like, we're kind of at a low point, we're gonna change this, we're gonna turn it around.
1: Yeah, I think that we all just kind of felt that. You know, like at the beginning of the season, we were still learning each other. Like we had a bu- group of guys that knew Ime, like you didn't know them that well. Like yeah. you're buying into a new system. And then all of a sudden, like even before we made the trades, we were like a six game winning streak. And we were just like, Yeah, we're 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 lucky like that. Every game we played before that, we we either lost by like four points, we had an eighteen point lead in, and we ended up losing because we just weren't disciplined. And a little bit of discipline showed up in the playoffs, but we just had more confidence. So when JB tweeted that, I remember looking at him be like, "I feel that too." Like I kind of like kind of made me like motivated to like make that happen. Yeah, make it real. So then every before the game, we used to say everything Easter. I don't know where he came up with everything Easter. I don't know what it means. We still to this <laughs> everything day, Easter. everything Easter. And we just said that before every time. And actually, you know, we just kind of rode the wave and uh, we lost five games throughout the rest of the regular season. And it was like, dang, like that's some dominating that stretch. And uh, J- either JB's a psychic or he just, you know, he does believe in spirituality. He's very right. cerebral if you know him that well. So uh,
0: maybe, maybe he, he went to a fortune teller and they told him that. Just to provide a little context. January, for people who might not know, January 6th, you guys are 18 and 21. You finished the season 51 and 31. Sheesh. That's crazy. So, that's an insane turnaround.
1: Yeah. Hey, meanwhile, Miami Heat just dominated
0: the whole the whole regular season nah. in one seed. Um, so maybe this is a stupid question, because you guys went to game six of the NBA Finals, but how close did you feel as a group? Like, it, again, we talk about that energy shift there was something like something clicked. Maybe it was the everything Easter. I don't know what it was. Everything but you Easter. Guys, you guys everything Easter, used, maybe. Or did, but, but then you run into this championship experienced, you know, juggernaut in Golden State. Do you come out of that series? Like, have you had time to reflect on it? Yeah, absolutely. Like when I've reflected and look back
1: to those games, like I still will say confidently, confidently to this day, they weren't the better team. You know what I mean? Like. I will Golden say, State was not the better team. Yeah, I will, st- I will say that confidently. I will say they were a more disciplined team. I will say that without a doubt. Like their discipline and also their, I guess their, what you say their um, history of yeah. being in the finals, championship like, pedigree, championship you pedigree. You say it. that was real. Yeah, and I feel like at times, like when you go back and watch the film, like we were had commanding, like either leads or had opportunities. We went on runs, and next you know we just like turn it over three times because we missed three shots. Because yeah. Instead of making the right read because we missed those shots, we started forcing things. And just stuff like that, the discipline of just making the right play over and over and over again we didn't play with. Well, they play the same no matter what. They're going to get the same shots. They're going to create the same looks. They know who the priorities are. And they're going to play with pace. And they had a great, you know, like spacing. Like even us, we weren't disciplined enough spacing the floor. Like that stuff. Less so the, like, less so the fact that they were more ta- like a talent thing. Because Steph is phenomenal. Steph is the best point, point guard ever, honestly, He's just by talented. playing against this man. Like, he is unreal. I've never played anybody like it. But, like, when I look down, like, down the line or even just comparing the teams or even just, like, what we felt on the court, you should have heard how badly they celebrated after game four. They were, like, screaming because they knew they weren't supposed to win that game.
2: Right.
1: And, like, Stuff like that, where it's like, we just were confidence-wise. Like we knew, I think the overconfidence side of things kind of got to us, like discipline, not understanding that, yeah, like we may be the better team. That same thing happened, I guess, I would say in that rookie bubble. Like I remember we didn't take um, y'all you y'all as serious as we should have that year, because we were so quote loaded as talent-wise with Gordon, Kimba, Smart, JB, JT, like. That was a weird series too, because you guys were like, you had double-digit leads in the
2: second half of games one and two, and then, the, and then you were down 2 0. That's
1: season. what I'm saying. Like, same way in the, like, we just weren't a disciplined team this season. I think that's the number one thing for us is just coming back with a better mental discipline and approaching the game next year. Because even like, I look back to the Miami Heat series, like, game, game, the game, win the game, seven games in that series. The first two games of that series, you guys won two quarters. Or, sorry, the games you won, two quarters out of eight or 12, whatever yeah. it was. Yeah. Same way, like we had just had that, and then the Milwaukee Bucks series. Like, we knew exactly what was gonna take to win, except we prolonged it because next thing you know, we're at game four, game five, we could easily end the series, and next thing you know, we go to game seven. So, like, things of that nature where we just weren't as disciplined as we should be as a collective. And I think that's the maturity side of things that we're all going to improve on and get better with. And I think that's going to take us to the next step and really help us go improve next season.
2: Isn't it, isn't it crazy, though? Like, and when Davis and I have talked about this before on other episodes of this. But, like, take that Buck series, for example. I don't want to say you guys had no business winning game six, but that was a great – like, you guys played incredible. Shot incredible. I mean, J- JT had 40. Like, offensively, you guys were just – firing on all cylinders and it's like if you guys lose that game lose that series there's an entirely different narrative absolutely to your entire group your entire season what everything looks like moving forward you start getting all the noise again about like oh can you know so and so coexist and you know whatever all the bullshit that now has since clearly been disproven but it's like
1: that's how slim that margin is absolutely you see i always say this think about if we didn't sweep the nets in that first round series Yep. It wouldn't be a KD trade, right? It wouldn't be a right, Kyrie right. position going. To You're the from, yeah. From the, you know, from like the that's just how right. this league goes. Like where one little series or one opportunity will change the course of an entire franchise, right? And I look at it and I'm like, this group, we're the same age, we get along, we understand what it takes to win. Like I look back when they used to say Jv and JT couldn't win together. They went to Eastern Conference Finals twice. Twice, yeah. They've been there, they're what, five, four out of their five NBA seasons? Something like that? Like, that's unheard of for guys that are 19, 20, 21, 22, 23 years old. Yeah. Like, and I always say, three like. Three out of five. Yeah, three Is out of five. Three out of five? I, don't, I, I think it was just three out of five or four one, for six. One or the cool. other. It might be four, honestly. I don't know. I <laughs> couldn't tell you the exact number, but, like, when I look back to it, it's like there's not many guys in history that could say they did that. Right. So, like. I always, we always said block out the noise, don't let it affect you because at the end of the day, they're just going to tell that story one way or the other. So you create your own narrative. And I think that's, that's kind of how what, what JB was talking about is the energy is about to shift. Like same way y'all were keeping that same energy, saying that we shouldn't be playing together, they should split us up, this team isn't good as they think they are. Then they were like, oh, this is one of the best teams that we've ever we've seen. They have the best defense. They have the best this, that, or whatever. Like. It's, to, it's just a matter of how the season goes and how they talk about you, so you
0: can't really pay attention, no way. Favorite level of basketball? Like the most fun you've had? College. Really? By far. Why? The y'all, like Venus, the, y'all like losing in the tournament. Completely different.
2: <laughs> like, what'd you say? You like losing in the tournament? Didn't you lose in the tournament? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, on Monday night, but. I'm just saying. Didn't you lose? <laughs> I'm just saying. Like, losers a loser. Dude. <laughs> they don't what, talk about. What, they're not going to remember
1: us losing to the Warriors. They're going to call us losers either way. What so. was the
2: furthest you made? I mean, I got, I, I got a ring, though, Final Four. Like, so. that's, that's Actually, a- I don't think we got a ring. For- I was going to say, Constellation a ring. We there we go, banner Constellation though. banner.
1: <laughs> I was going to say, I, we made it a Sweet yeah. 16. I lost, so I always say my second year, I lost to Loyola Chicago before their Cinderella run. Oh, that's right. On the double clutch buzz, like buzzer beater. Clay Custer. Uh... Yeah, I don't remember who it was. Oh, and then the next that. season, yeah. Ryan Klein had 27 points to retire for basketball mm. the year after. So, Ryan Klein. Um, shout out Ryan Klein. Shout out Ryan Klein, man. Carson Edwards is always going to be screw you, fuck you, even though I love you, man. <laughs> yeah. So, like, that's one of those things where, like, I look back to the college. We had so much success. We had so much fun as a group. Similar to how this past year's team in the Celtics, like, the TD Garden is unlike anything I've been a part of. But also, like TBA, Thompson Ball Arena. If you've never played there, like, it gets hectic. Yeah. yeah. Ask any SEC team what's the hardest arena to play and They'll either say us or Arkansas.
2: Mm. They're not saying rough? No. It's
1: a bunch of old people that just clap like
2: this. I have heard that. Ah. Like you know All right. Name? My rapid fire is uh, what do you want to do post-basketball? Because you're a very business-minded individual, as I've come to learn.
1: Yeah. So, like, that business-heavy thing is great. I would say I would continue to do that, but I like the front office or, or analyst role, kind of, you know, because yeah. I love the structure of teams. I love being able to like see how people work together and like those relationships, and I've fostered a lot of them throughout my career so far. But also like the the like what you're doing right now, this is very, this well, is a great uh, opportunity for you to showcase your abilities. Yes, you know, care hopefully, the hopefully they this. They, they this is your top viewed episode. Hey, and they they right. care about me for some Open reason. Open door invite
0: whenever you want to pop on. Whenever
2: you want to pop on and make a case for why you should be an analyst post
0: career. Yes. We have an open door. You'll be our Boston Celtic correspondent. Just
1: know I'm your correspondent. Give me a call whenever you're in the city. Uh, I love it. Done deal. Okay,
0: one more rapid fire for both of you. Uh, Because you shooting 18 threes and hitting seven in a game seven has inspired me to ask, who are the most underrated shooters in the league? Like everyone knows Steph can shoot. Everyone knows Duncan can shoot. I think Seth. Seth Curry? Yeah. Patty Mills. Those two guys. Seth
1: and Patty are both. That's a great answer. Patty's. Those guys, you're just like, when the shot goes up, you're like gasping. Sam Hauser, y'all don't know if y'all have not seen him play yet. This man, if he ever like cracks like cracks our rotation, you know, like that because we have a gauntlet, you know, ahead of him right now. But like this man, if you see him shoot, it's absolutely absurd. I have no, like he's I I don't know who I would take in a shooting competition between anybody
0: besides Sam Hauser shout out sam house shout out sam house shout out i mean don't disrespect the host of this podcast no no, no. no. sam disrespect
1: can spray it's massive it. disrespect if <laughs> that's the case because no, sam,
0: sam can spray it sam,
1: sprays it sam can you know, spray i can't spray it on the move though duncan's on some unreal yeah, like yeah, yeah. i'm running off the six screen shoving you pulling almost pulling your arm out next thing you know he's throwing the ball up they he's jumped six feet yeah, in the yeah, air yeah. for well that's i don't know where the is. i don't
2: know it's just because i'm a little bit taller uh, is it just because you're tall? Yeah, he didn't realize that I'm three inches tall. Then, right. Saying. That is, that is you're very six true. three, right? I've like, <laughs> I'm just about. Hey, uh, hey, give me paid more. If you can't say I'm six three. Uh, what was I gonna add? Oh, Patty, he's he's my favorite. He's like probably one of my favorite players in the NBA. His like shot prep and what he does to like get open and like he's always moving. It's like a thing of beauty. I love
0: that you said Patty Mills. That's a great answer. I watched yeah. him warm up in Miami when you guys played them, and it is just a machine. Everything is... Same pocket. Same like mirror image of every jump shot is the exact same. Uh, I got one other thing. So
2: recently in this draft, I to be honest with you, I did not follow a lot of the draft coverage, but I heard a couple guys as their player comps, not necessarily on draft night, but like people talking about them like, oh, he has a chance to be like a Grant Williams. That's got to be like kind of cool for you at this point in your career to be like, damn, GM's front offices are looking at these young up and coming kids is somebody that could fill a role the way I fill a role.
1: Absolutely like that actually makes me like know that the work that I'm putting in is worth it, you know? Cuz I remember when I was coming out, I was who's the next Draymond Green? Yeah, yeah. Now it's like who's the next Grant Williams? And I hope that creates that same factor because the way the league is transitioning, you know, how wing oriented it is, how you need to be yeah. able to have be able to guard five positions, like that's a very very important thing and honestly like I would have never dreamed that, you know? Like I grew up it's awkward because my favorite players are Boris Diaw, Draymond Green. Like yeah. no one ever says that, but like that was me. And the fact that hopefully one day, like a guy like EJ Liddell says, like I'm trying to be like Grant Williams. Like I would have never have dreamed that it was gonna be a thing, but next thing you know it has been. And hopefully I can just continue to to progress and get better and, and make make that a, a continued statement throughout the course of my career. That was funny enough. That was a guy that I
2: heard often being compared to e. J. Um, that that he was EJ Liddell. was beautiful. You said. Uh, Anyways Grant, thanks so much for joining us man. Um, I know you're a busy guy and you made time for us And that means a lot to us.
1: Hey anytime you need me man. I'm here for you brother. Cheers. Cheers, bro